Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. It is amazing. It's mm. good. I don't know. <laughs> my life is always good. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh-huh. So today we are going to be talking about Hashtag Starstruck by Soraya Wilson, and later we are going to talk about our childhood celebrity crushes in honor of this book. Um, but first... The very different childhoods. I yes. Mean, very different uh, generations. We're going to cover uh, <laughs> cover the bases here. Um, but first, Mom, what have you been reading? Well, Ellen, if you remember <laughs> the cliffhanger from last time, oh. um, I had just started Morning Glory by Laverle oh. Spencer. Uh-huh. And I finished that book, and it was really good. I would yeah. highly recommend. Yeah. It was very um, – I teared up. Like, no, I didn't just tear up. I, like, bawled. Yeah. I, like, choke-sobbed in, you know, like yeah. the <laughs> – It was really good. I Yeah. I mean, because it's not one that's by an author that we hear about a lot, so – Well, I think she's pretty, you know – She's an old school, and so she... Oh, this uh, one is really good. Yeah, it is. It That one is really good. Um, in addition to that, I read our book, Starstruck, but I also started uh, a series by Courtney Milan. The, um, the Brother Sinister is the name of the series, yeah. and I guess there was a novella before that I didn't read. I didn't realize it existed. Mm-hmm. But I started with The Duchess War, and then I read the novella A Kiss for midwinter mm-hmm. and then i read the heiress effect mm-hmm. and now i'm in the middle of the countess conspiracy oh, okay you're plowing plowing right through those i you know that's what i do yeah that's true especially my husband's gone right now so no worries i can read as much as i want um this series it's a good series i had a hard time getting into the first book mm-hmm. like you and i discussed for some reason, I just have a hard time getting into, I don't know if it's getting into the flow. And I always try to, uh, like, reflect on, is it myself? Is it me? Am I? Is there something missing in me that keeps me from being able to just get into these books? Or is it something about the way they're written? But I struggled getting into the first book. But the um, but the books after that, I've really enjoyed I figured you should at least read, like, Courtney Milan because she's, um, you know, she's a, a definite um, favorite amongst the community, um, and especially historical fans. Well, she definitely writes not only strong female characters, but they have, like, I want to say quirky. They're very quirky and... Eccentric Like, very for the different time. ways. Yeah. 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 So it's, they're fun to read, and it's, it's, they've been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's Um, what I've been reading. Well, cool. Um, I have only, besides our book that we'll be talking about today, I have only read one other book because my life is, um, in upheaval right now, and so... Topsy-turvy? Yeah, and it's been a pretty crazy, uh, couple weeks. But, um, I read, and I'm gonna get this title wrong, Eight Simple Rules for Dating a Dragon... Yes. Is that, it's something like that. Um, by Carolyn Sparks. Um, I like those books that I, I, they're, they're a little, they're a little silly and, but they're cute and I think they're fun and. They are fun. It's, it's almost like kind of reading a comic book version of a story. Yeah. Because they're just written so simply, I guess. Yeah. Um. But I like the They're- world, and the characters are always fun, and they ha- she has fun with, like, the different things that they can do. You know, I don't yeah, ever feel... We- sometimes I feel like people let um, things go unused to their full potential, but I think she uses, like, these things to their full potential, and so I like that. And they're definitely fun, just light-hearted and yeah. easy-breezy. Yeah, for read. sure. Um, okay. So, that's what we've been reading. Little, little short, well, at least on my end, short stuff. But, 
Um, so today we're going to be talking about Hashtag Starstruck by Soraya Wilson. It is the first book in her Hashtag Lovestruck series. Um, I know I said I was going to get away from reading the back cover descriptions, but I got a lot going on right now, y'all. So I had to resort back to it for this time. Oh, it's going to be that kind of podcast. Yeah. Where I just like. Slap together. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> this one. This one is. Because, <laughs> like I said, it's crazy. So if this is your first one you're listening to, give us other chances. Yeah. Because- <laughs> yeah. Come back to us. Or at least listen to, like, the one where I did a full rap, you know, to summarize yeah. a book. Yeah, that was a good one. I, I never do anything for any of these. I yeah. just, Ellen just calls and says, okay, mom, let's start. And I say, okay. Uh, but yeah. Ellen always does all this prep work that I, you know, <laughs> and one time never she was participate like, in. She was like, what, what do you need to prepare? And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> this doesn't all just fall into place, mother. It does for me. How yeah. come it doesn't for you? Yeah, I just off the cuff all the time. It must be nice. Okay. So I'm going to resort back to reading it, uh, the back cover description, just this one time. Okay, guys? Maybe. Well, don't hold me to that. But this time I'm going <laughs> to do it. Uh, so the back to cover description reads, um, You've done better. With one uncharacteristically sassy tweet to her longtime celebrity crush, Zoe Miller's life turns upside down. Ultra-hot A-lister Chase Covington doesn't just respond to Zoe's tweet, he does the unthinkable. He messages Zoe indirect or directly. Now she must decide between walking away or meeting her crush in person. Chase knows better than to trust anyone from the internet, but Zoe's saucy challenge has totally caught his interest, and her girl-next-door personality is keeping it. He's been burned enough to know he needs to keep his heart close, but his feelings for Zoe might be a lot more than just online flirtation. He just has to convince her. When the press gets wind of Zoe and Chase's secret relationship, their romance turns into tabloid headlines. Will they be able to hold on to their Hollywood love story? So, Mom... What did you think of Hashtag Starstruck? It's interesting because this book of all books really has stirred up um, discussion. We've had discussion about yeah, this. We ha- we've had uh, more discussion probably than we should. We usually try to like withhold our discussion for the podcast. But, um, we kept talking and saying, well, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked this book. Yeah. I thought it was a cute story. Now... When I was texting Ellen while we were reading it, because I read it before her, and I said, um, any teenage girl who's had a crush on a celebrity, this is their dream book. But, um, and she said, well, is it like a YA book? And I guess it kind of could be like a YA book, I guess just because of the generalities of it. It definitely has, like, it's definitely a more... YA tone, I will say. But mainly it's because it's like a dream that a teenage girl would have where an adult would realize, you know what, this probably would never happen. There's probably no celebrity that would say, oh, hey, you know, to some random tweet that they get. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was cute. It was a sweet story. It um, was very romantic. Mm-hmm. Um I even teared up a couple times. Yeah, I meant to ask you, when did you cry in this book? Um, Or tear up, at least. Towards the end, when she was just, I don't know, I think probably when, you know, at the end when he proposed, and then, but when she was dealing with all that stuff Mm -hmm. that was going on. Like, media attention and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm... A little less than you, I think. Um, I think uh, we should prelude this uh, this chat by saying... And we've talked about this before, but just to give you guys a reminder. Um, a big part of this book is that she is celibate. And she's not going to have sex until marriage. And she goes through a a few reasons why she's made that decision. Um, She mentions that 
it started kind of, she was raised by these Amish grandparents, so it kind of started as religious reasons, um, but then she may, she also lists, uh, you know, she can be disease-free, she can't have any unexpected pregnancies, uh, and different reasons for why she's maintaining that course. Um, we should say, mom also had not had sex until she was married, unless she's been holding out on me and my dad. In, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I also am, uh, not having sex until marriage, at least uh, thus far. Um, uh, <laughs> Doesn't sound very. <laughs> no, just... Doesn't sound like you're sold on the idea. <laughs> um, and for us, it is um, primarily religious reasons, or at least you know that's that's where it's starting, stemming from, right? So um, I liked seeing representation of a celibate heroine who is not in historical, because we get a lot of those in historical, but even the historical girls really usually anticipate the wedding night. However, I kind of wish it wasn't her defining characteristic. I feel like we don't get a whole lot more about her other than the fact that she's celibate. And that's like a big thing for this book. I kind of wish... Um, you know, I like that they explore how that affects their relationship, um, but it was, like, it was such a thing in the book, and it kind of got to the point where I was like, I'm tired of hearing about it, and I also am like this, so, (laughs) I don't know. Well, it should have been, she was this character, oh, and by the way, she's celibate. Yeah. (laughs) Like, because when I, I mean, like, that's such an inconsequential, I mean, I guess it's less inconsequential when you're dating someone, right? But, um. No, it's more consequential. Well, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Um, it's more of a thing. But it's not, like, defining who I am, right? Um, so that's kind of where I landed on that. I will say, I did like that even though there's no sex in this book, it's still something that they talk about. And it's still pretty sexy, right? I mean, like, they... Right. And they they talk about wanting to. And, and um, she even talks about, you know, possibly, should I lower my standards? And he's the one that says, no, I don't want you to yeah. lower your standards. I don't want you to regret it later. Yeah. So, I mean, I appreciated that stuff. Yeah. Um, because we've talked before about, um, you know, I've, I've disappointed you in past episodes when I've said that, like, no, I want there to be sex. Like, I, I'm kind of, but when I said that, I just dislike books where they act like sex is not a thing. And so I like that this book, even though they never show them have sex, it's still something that they're talking about. It's still something that they um, address and um, want to do because obviously, you know, like they're in a committed, serious relationship, you know, midway through the book. So, of course, it's going to come up. And so, you know, as my, I've talked before about how much I love Hallmark movies, but it's kind of a... It's kind of a love-hate. I don't know. I don't know how to explain my relationship with Hallmark movies. But I find it hilarious in Hallmark movies the lengths they go to to, like, not talk about, about you know, sex ever happening, ever. Um, and, like, they kiss at the last second and that's, like, you know, it. Um, I think it, it just, it makes the books kind of come off as too twee and cutesy and that's not our vibe at all right so right um so yeah so well in a, cu- a couple things um because yes I was a virgin on my wedding night mm-hmm. and um and so was my husband so it was you know so says you novice night but um <laughs> so says I trust <laughs> me <laughs> uh, stop stop 
<laughs> but we, you know, I had at the time, I mean, that was 36 years ago. But it was in the 70s, or just out after the 70s, when everybody's having sex with everybody. I mean, it was really, I don't know. <laughs> it, it was, you know, as, as prevalent as it is now, probably even more so than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> don't you start with me. Um, we, you can't even get guys to date nowadays. At least back then they were. But anyway, that's a different topic for another yeah. time. <laughs> um. And I had people saying, well, how do you know you're going to be sexually compatible? And it's like, well, first of all, neither one of us is going to know any different. So, and it's, you just, you know, you train each other to be what you want. And we're obviously, I mean, I know you don't want me to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it. So just plug your ears. Um, Obviously, we communicate well enough that it was just like, you tell them what you like, tell them what you don't like, and you get them just perfect, just the way you want them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, that's yeah. how it worked for me, honey. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on from that a little bit. I'm <laughs> you sure- don't want to talk about your mom and dad's sex life no, anymore? No, I don't. What a weirdo you are. <laughs> um, so I've mentioned I was a little bit back and forth on her. I really liked him, though. I thought um, he had some good snark, and he, I like how he handled, you know, her celibacy. Um, I like that he had been through some stuff, and that stuff made him a good candidate for dealing with her celibacy without also making him celibate. Do you know what I mean? So it was kind of right. like interesting to see this character that was going to work that was on a different page on her in that regard but was still ready to you know still able to um you know respect where she was coming from from a different angle but yes um and also i I, liked him a lot too yeah he i thought he was cute um cute yeah i mean they kept going on about how cute he was so had to believe it. So it must be true. <laughs> um, I uh, I lived for a while in L.A. and I worked in the entertainment industry um, for Five years. six, seven years. Wow. Just, yeah. Um, so, and I've read other Hollywood set romances she really nailed, like, I know she, in her acknowledgement, she, like, mentions that she had somebody she was talking to. She really nailed the Hollywood stuff. Like, sometimes I read other books and I'm like, that would never happen. That would never happen. But, um, she did really well, I think, with, um, I mean, there are some things where I was like, oh, that's a bit of a, it's a bit of a stretch. Um, but I thought she did a really good job with uh with all that stuff and I thought that the social media stuff was fun and added to the the cute factor for sure um it's funny that you bring up the social media stuff because did you read it on the kindle yes you know what my complaint is going to be about reading that on the kindle it was it wouldn't like I can make my letters bigger yeah but all their social media things I couldn't make bigger. I literally had to have a magnifying glass with me to read Oh, it. gosh. The thing you have to understand about mom is when she's on her Kindle, she's got it at, like, the largest font you can possibly okay, get. Okay. I don't have it at the largest because it goes to where there's, like, okay. one word on second, each line. Second largest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and one time she had um, she had a magnifying glass by her bed and somebody, like, was asking about it. And I'm like, oh. That's so she can read her phone. She she uses a magnifying glass. What was it? You were playing like Candy Crush or something at the time and you needed there a magnifying glass. was mag- some game I was playing or something on my phone and I couldn't see all the little things. <laughs> so don't you be judgy on me. Someday you're going to be where I am. Okay. With crummy eyesight. <laughs> well, I doubt anybody could get as bad as you, but. Oh, it is pretty bad. <laughs> but um, anyway, that was my one complaint about the Kindle version. But when I read it, like sometimes... Don't tell anybody this, but sometimes when I'm at school, I'll read it on my on my Kindle app on my p- computer, and um, on that they were nice and big, and I was like, "Gosh, dang it! Why can't they be big like that on my Kindle?" Interesting. But, 
I kept, because they had, like, pictures that, um, she had, like, pictures for their icons, you know, like, the characters' uh-huh. icons. They had the icon, and, like, it was obviously a picture of, at least his was it. I couldn't tell what the heck hers was, because it was so small. And all, also on the Kindle, it's, like, black and white, so it's losing any... Yeah. I didn't yeah. even try to tell what the picture was, but yeah. I couldn't read the words. Yeah. Poor you. Um... Okay. So I got a magnifying glass. So don't you judge me. My my complaint that is a petty and uh, stupid complaint is um, I know that people do this in real life when they name all of their kids with the same first letter, but authors can't do that to me because I count on like a first letter to distinguish the name enough so I can just like skim past it without having to read. And I couldn't tell any of those kids apart. The no, they were all the same Zelda name. Zane. Well, I even, like, when I'm teaching kids about reading things, and I, I'll tell my, the kids in my class, I'll say, look, if there's a name that's weird, because they always try to use, you know, foreign names so that every, there's diversity in everything that we read. Mm-hmm. And so they'll use names, and the kids have a hard time you know, pronouncing the names. So they'll get stuck on trying to pronounce a name. And I said, look, it doesn't really, that's not going to alter the meaning of what you're reading. It's not going to alter your comprehension of what the story is. I said, so just call them Z, you know, just go by the first letter and just say, and then Z or A or whatever the first letter of their name is. I said, then you don't have to worry about trying to figure out how to read that name, that it's not going to make any difference to the story. So I do the same thing. A lot of times I'll just say, you know, (laughs) we've talked about how we just make up names sometimes if we don't know how to pronounce them. Yeah. But when they're all the same letter, yeah, it's hard to... Now, Zia, was she the baby or is Zelda the baby? Or is... Yeah, I was getting... And at a, at a certain point, I was just like, eh. And the boys, I didn't even know. What was it? Zane and... I don't even Zane remember and, the other kid's name. I can't remember what the other kid's name was. Anyway. Um, and if you are going to name your kids all the same letter, Z seems like a strange letter to go with. Well, obviously, I mean, like she says that it's because the grandpa was a certain name, but... I certainly wouldn't do that to myself as an author. I don't know. Um, Okay, you ready for my questions that I came up with? I am ready for your questions, Brigitte. Okay. So, what did you think of her reasons for celibacy? I know from some reviews that I read that there are some that took pretty serious issue with Zoe's reasoning uh, for her celibacy and didn't like her pointing to sex can give you disease and sex can make you pregnant as as part of her reasoning. Well, <laughs> the only way you can 100% not get those things is by not having sex. However, yeah. I know there's lots of ways to have sex nowadays and not contract disease or pregnancy. Yeah. But um, I don't know that the reasons, and, you know, maybe this is because I'm coming from where I'm coming from. I don't know yeah. that the reasons make a big difference. If she wants to be celibate, let her be celibate. I do have issues with these people who get all riled up, you know, on, in the reviews that say, you know, this is ridiculous, there's no sex in this book, that these people would not have sex. And it's like, okay, so if you're going to be judgy about people who don't have sex, that doesn't seem fair. I didn't if see... We, if I'm trying not to be... Not trying. I'm not judgmental. I don't care if people have sex before they get married. That's their thing, and I, I really don't care. Yeah. But I do care if you're going to be judgmental about me as someone who didn't want to have sex before I got married. So that yeah. just doesn't seem like a fair argument. I I didn't see that as like I didn't see people complaining that there's no sex in the book as much as um her as the character kind of coming off um holier than thou. And I'll say as someone who you know, like we just said, is waiting until marriage for certain religious reasons, it's it's sometimes difficult to explain yourself without coming off as holier than thou. Because, you know, my main reason is I believe personally for me that that's what, you know, God wants me to do for me. And, you know... And so that's... It's difficult to ex- to explain that, though, without seeming preachy because you're talking about God and Ada and, like, people will immediately go <laughs> go there. And so I don't always want to get into that. 
I think maybe the character could have been better served by just sticking to something like, I saw how sex complicated things for my mom, and I decided that it was only something I was going to do with someone to whom I was fully committed. And I think then maybe that would have cut back on some of what I was talking about with it being such a big part of her character. Um... And, like, so defining for her as a character. It might have cut back on some of that. Right. If she just turned it into just a personal reason. Like, yeah. this is just my personal reason for wanting to do this. Which is pretty much what you and I have. This was our personal reason for wanting to do this. Yeah. And, and I don't care what you do with your life. I'm not being judgmental at all with you and your yeah. life. But this, for me, is what I want to do. I think the author, because she puts her in that, you know, women's studies class. And um, she... Like, the character feels the need to, like, explain herself too much. And I think that's where she might have gotten into some some trouble. However, I really liked the way she used that women's studies class at the end of the story. Yeah. To where they were all trying to be helpful and supportive of her. And then the teacher says, this is what women's studies is all about. And yeah. I thought that was a really good use of the class and the, um, you know, way women can be supportive of one another. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. And I I did like the moment where she's talking about um you know I get judged as much for being celibate as, you know, it, as we talk about slut shaming and things like that. You like you know, you can get right. judged for for the the reverse, um, and I I can attest to the truthfulness in that. Um, it mainly it's just you have to explain yourself a lot more. Like people, and you know, not everybody's coming out of like why why are you doing this? But sometimes it it feels like that, or people are just curious, and that's fine. And um, so it's it's definitely tough ground to tread and because it's a romance novel and there's you know like I said sex is part of love and our romantic relationships um I can see it being difficult to navigate but I think that she would have been better served by not heaping reasons on why she's celibate and just leave it at something like like I said where it's just I just want to wait that's just my personal decision, and that's... Right. That's you. I mean, personally, that's usually what I leave it at, is... I think it right. can complicate things unnecessarily, especially in the early days of a relationship, so... I agree. Okay. So we'll leave it at that. Before, leave it at that? Before we... Um... I got more of the questions of how. How, you know, how do you... And I guess it's because I got married pretty young... And, um, you know, like when my husband and I were dating, it's like, how can you guys, how do you do that? And it's like, well, we just draw lines and it's, it's more a wonder how you do it when you're my age and still haven't done it. That's true. <laughs> I was, you were well yeah. into it by my age, so yeah. you're not going to get any sympathy well, out of me. <laughs> well, not a virgin anymore. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how to make it sound nice. <laughs> In fact, you'd, you'd already had all three of us, right? By the time you were my age? Oh, gosh. I turned 30 when I was pregnant with my last one. Okay. No, so, no pressure, honey. Let's move on from that. Um, <laughs> so do you think... I have a very... Um, I have strong feelings on this question. Do you think Zoe was warranted in waiting so long to tell Lexi? No. No. I couldn't figure out why she wasn't telling No. Him. Every time she was, like, given an, a window of opportunity, I was like, homegirl, come on. I mean... Especially since it had been something that they'd shared for their entire lives. Yeah. I mean... Mom, I mean, it, it would be like little... if you and... If, like, if by some... I'm trying to think of somebody that we both love. If I started dating Colin Firth for some reason... Okay, he's a little old, but okay. Okay, but, you know, I'm just going with somebody that we both love. Um, and, like, I didn't tell you, you'd be pissed at me. I don't know if I'd be, well. You would? I would be, 
It's like, why wouldn't you tell me that? That's amazing. <laughs> I know. Um, I thought all of her reasons were dumb. Yeah. Her, I mean, especially since he really didn't, because sh- her main reason was she was afraid that he would fall for her instead of Yeah, but her. he made it, I mean, like, from day one, he was making it pretty clear he was not interested in her. Right. Her, her and, friend, um, not Zoe, but. So that seemed extremely unwarranted. And, um, I don't know, the whole thing was just a little weird why you wouldn't share that huge part. And then not only, because the bigger problem I had is not only was she not telling her about it, but she was really lying to her about yeah, the whole thing. straight up, because she was, you know, letting her think that it was this other Someone guy else. that she worked with. The, um, yeah, so, and because she would come right out and say, so your date with Noah, and she's like, um, yeah, yeah, my date with Noah. It's like, okay, that's just a straight up fallacy and a straight up lie however with that said no i didn't agree with her reasons for not telling her friend her friend was not my favorite character i mean she was kind of cute but she was kind of flighty and you know a little sillier than she was but everyone i guess needs a silly friend yeah i think i think i was usually the silly friend (laughs) i wasn't flighty though um yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of getting to the point where it was, like, starting to make me not like her, like, not like Zoe very much. Because I'm like, this is just rude. And if anything, she got off easy. Like, Lexi forgave her pretty quickly and easily. And I get that, like, part of it is probably because Lexi was, like, so excited that she was dating this guy. But I don't know. I just, like... Well, the other thing that was weird, the other kind of thing that came off weird that I really didn't think about at the time, but I'm thinking about it now, is she was with him a lot. Like, she spent a lot of time with him, and they went on a lot of dates, and they did a lot of stuff together. The fact that her friend wasn't like, tell me what's going on. Tell me, you know, what are you doing? Well, she was. That's the thing. But she wasn't, not as much as, I mean, like, if you were dating a guy, and I was like, okay, after every single date, I'd be, Ellen, okay, so he picked you up, and then what? (laughs) true you would you i know i would be okay and then after that okay all right after that it just seems to me like if she's dating a guy that seriously it just seemed like she would be pumping her for more information well and there's a lot there's a lot of instances where they're talking and then you know zoe's like maybe should i tell her and then lexi's like i gotta go i'm meeting my boyfriends you know be back later and like kind of one too many like convenient ways for out of that situation yeah um it it was a little weird yeah um so as i've mentioned i have my ups and downs with zoe as a character you know that i can get on board with her fangirlness etc because uh yeah uh but i didn't ever get a sense of what chase saw in her he says that he likes how she is genuine etc and i can see the appeal in that for him But I didn't get a whole lot more than that. Uh, What do you think it was for him? I think he liked her. I think he liked her wholesomeness. And I think he liked, I think coming from a Hollywood Mm -hmm. setting Mm -hmm. where girls are very fake and there's a lot of, you know, fake body parts and fake personalities and fakeness. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he liked her genuineness and he liked, um, you know, how she was with her family. Well, like the back cover description, you know, she's kind of a girl next door, kind of sweet and yeah. wholesome. And I think he was attracted to that. I think she needed to up that a little bit. There wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't, um, I don't know. She's kind of a, uh, trying to think of a diplomatic way to say this she's not a whole she doesn't have a whole lot going on personality wise as a character according to you according to me that's fine that can be according to me i'll I'll own that um i i can see where you're coming from i um yeah i can see where you're where you're coming from so i was just kind of like i mean and i like i said i like I liked him a lot, and I thought he was fun and seemed 
like a good time and his date ideas were adorable, etc. They were adorable. Um and so I was always just like what is she bringing to what is she bringing to this equation? Um you know, not that like we always need to be bringing like equal amounts, I guess, but there should be well, it should be somewhat equal or it's I don't know. <sighs> so, I was just uh that's where I was with her. A little little unclear. Um, do you think that Chase was warranted in getting mad in the end? Do you think she was warranted in staying mad for as long as she did? Um, I could see where he got mad. Mm-hmm. Because the way the whole thing played out, it did seem like she was kind of playing. Orchestrating him. something, yeah. Yeah. So I could see where he got mad. However, he tried pretty quickly to come back. Pretty quickly. That was my thing. It's like he turned. And she turned off her phone. She didn't want to talk to him. He'd broken her heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, he was dealing with stuff too. You need to give him a chance to. Yes. And his was like little higher stakes, right? I mean, and so she needs. Like, and this was the first time, it's not like this is, like, a perpetual problem throughout the book, right? It's, this is the first time something like this has happened that where he has distrusted her. Well, and I also, I had a problem with, um, when he was off filming with the other actress, and she saw some pictures, and she just immediately was like, oh, he's sleeping with her, and da-da-da-da, and he's cheating on me. And and it's like, okay, she would have to know that those tabloids... Just play it. And he had been saying for months, like, I I don't like this person. She's not a nice person. Yeah. I do not like her. And for her just to see a couple of pictures and then say, oh, he's definitely cheating on me and get all mad at him. I thought that was a little over yeah. the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I realize that it makes for a better uh, book structure for her to be mad for a little bit, but... Well, and to have, you know, the conflict in there and then yeah. have him have to do some grand gesture to get over that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I could see where he got mad. I could see where they both were hurt, you know, by the whole yeah. thing. But for her to just turn Hold her back on him for, for that long. Weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he even, like, showed up with, at the parking lot with flowers and she's just like, no, no. And it's she like, had, like, all these missed calls and she knew he was trying to get in touch with her. Yeah. And it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seemed a little harsh. Yeah. But that happens a lot in it's romance true. books. It does. Um, and then for our the final question, who would you most like to get into a Twitter flirt mance with? Hmm. I, I have two picks. The list is long. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, true. I know who I would like to. Who? Ryan Reynolds. Oh, he would be a good one. Because I was trying to think of, like, ones who would be, like, fun, like, Twitter banter, you know. And his, have you read some of his, he's really funny on Twitter. His parenting ones. I yes. read his parenting ones. Yeah, those are hilarious. Oh, yeah, because I was reading those to you when you were here. Um, yeah. I said, I was thinking, I've been watching, first of all, I've been watching a lot of uh, Captain America in anticipation for um, Avengers Infinity, Infinity War. War. And, um, so, and then also today was National Puppy Day or Dog Day or something to do with dogs. So there was, like, this Twitter story about Chris Evans' relationship with his dog, which I also am very attached to my dog. So I could see myself having, also I had a dream once that I was married to Chris Evans and he was very good to me. I feel like I've mentioned this before on this podcast, but... So I said him or Chris Pratt because Chris Pratt's also really funny oh, and Chris um, Pratt would be funny, charming on Twitter, etc. Um, okay. So those are our thoughts on hashtag Starstruck. Mom, do you have any other thoughts that you would like to say about this book? I know after we've you know kind of chewed it up and spit it out, I really did like the story. Yeah, it was it was cute. I would if you're looking for something light, um, I would recommend this book. Uh, it's maybe Something a your good one. Daughter could read. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's a good one if you're looking for someone. If you have somebody who's a little more straight laced and but is still interested in romance, this is definitely a good option. Um, yeah, I 
I overall enjoyed it. I just had some beef with some of the decisions that were made um, in the book. Is that fair? That's fair. Um, but a lot of it, though, is similar beefs that we have with a lot of romance books. It's true. Um, yeah. I mean, and like we said, we're we're coming at it from a different angle. So I can understand people with uh, a different worldview than us, um, you know, taking more issue with how some things are, are, are phrased. I can, I can get that. Um, this is just where we're coming from. Yeah. Is that good? So don't judge us and we won't judge you. (laughs) (laughs) Not that we ever would. Even if you did judge us, that's fine. You wouldn't be the first ones. Um, so those are our thoughts on hashtag starstruck by Soraya Wilson. We would love to hear from you on our Facebook page. Let us know what you thought. Um, we're going to read an, a message from somebody who did, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, so at our Facebook page, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at NotYourMom'sRom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On April 30th, Mom, what did we crown as our our ultimate romantic comedy? What did I crown? <laughs> oh, you crowned uh, while you were sleeping. Yes, I did. So Sophie Jordan has a historical that is basically a remake of While You Were Sleeping. It's called While the Duke oh. Was Sleeping. So we're going to read While the Duke Was Sleeping by Sophie Jordan on April 30th. So we're really excited about that. I'm excited to take a look at this book that is about one of my favorite romantic comedies. Um, so for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will be talking about our childhood celebrity crushes of which at least for myself there were many so stay with us hello and welcome to our little break segment so for this episode we have some mail that we can read we love getting mail um whenever we get a message or a twitter like a tweet or whatever i have to take a screenshot and send it to mom right away because we get really excited. So you should all consider sending us some because you make our days. Um, so our first is an email from our friend Christy, um, who says, Hi, I am a new follower and new to reading romance novels, even at 37. Oh, she doesn't quite have mom beat, but close. <laughs> um, I started mom's... way later than that. <laughs> <laughs> um She says, never been much of a reader, and now I can't stop reading. Yay! That's always fun. Um, Thankful for your group and podcast. It's very fun and gives me new authors to love. I now love historical romance novels thanks to you. Um, That's so cool. I love that. Uh, Question, how do you afford reading all these books? I'm on the Kindle Unlimited plan, but before that I was spending a lot on this hobby. Just curious. Christy, the trick is to get your mom. Ellen's also on the Kindle Unlimited plan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's my Ken- my Kindle Unlimited plan is funded by mom who just spends money willy-nilly on books. So um, it works out pretty well for me. And I usually buy the Audible and the print version. Yeah, she's she's crazy, y'all. <laughs> she's, yeah. Um, so that's how I personally afford um Well, afford Ellen has two hobby. Kindles. And one's hooked yeah. up to her account, and the other one's hooked up yes. to my account. Don't tell, don't tell so. Amazon. But... Um, <laughs> And so we can't be the only ones doing that. <laughs> I yeah, buy we books. Say, she has we access funded to them as well. Them with two Kindles. Actually, I've gone through more than Kindles. Well, it that, makes so. sense since we're reading the same books all the time. I know. Yeah. So um, that's that's how I do it, Christy. I know that's not an option that's available <laughs> to everybody. I wish that I could help you out more. Um, do you know? I will say though, how I was funding it prior to mom. Um, doing it for me, is um, if you look at your library, your local library, most of them now have uh, e-catalogs. So if you have a library card, you can hook it up to your Kindle or whatever reading device you're using usually. Um, 
and it will just, you can just download books and then as soon as your, you know, period, your borrowing lending period is up, it will just disappear from your Kindle. It is my favorite thing because I was always awful at returning books on time. Um, so that's a great option. I would suggest looking into that. Sometimes it's hit or miss on like what's going to be, what's going to be there, but, um, or how long you're going to have to wait. But I just usually have a super long wait list of books and then they pop up when they're available. Something comes along, huh? Yeah, so it's fun. Um, she says, Christy, about Starstruck, she says, I could not finish the book. Sad face. Um, made it to page 50. The storyline was appealing, but found the book too immature for my liking. I liked Zoe, but her BFF got on my nerves. The story was pretty far-fetched, in my opinion. My 13-year-old may like this book, but I was not a fan. I'm going to keep listening and reading. Thanks for bringing some joy into our lives. Uh, That's from Christy. So, as we've kind of touched on, I would, um, I definitely see where you're coming from. I'm sorry that we picked a book that you could not finish. <laughs> that, that's too bad. Um, I can see, yeah, it, it definitely reads, like I said, slightly more YA-ish. Um, and I can also see Lexi getting on your nerves. Although I think Lexi was done wrong in this book. So, um, and as mom said, she also found it somewhat far-fetched, this, this idea. <laughs> but, you know. We can dream that our celebrity crushes would tweet us back and fall in love with us. Well, I don't on know of any celebrity, though, that would get one criticism on a movie they did and then decide that that's the person they want to meet. I feel like any criticism, they would just be like, oh, troll. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. There's just always like, going to be right. someone criticizing something. It's probably a yeah. know, 50-year-old man the, the sitting internet. in his mom's basement. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, our uh, next email is from Kathy. She says, hi, Ellen and mom. I've been listening to your podcast for a couple months now, and I wanted to let you know how much I enjoy them and to praise you, Ellen, on your amazing, that's her emphasis, not mine, uh, summary of Marriage of Inconvenience rap. I love me some Penny Reed, and that was awesome. It would be great if you did one for all the Knitting in the City series and or the Winston Brothers series. Just saying. Winky face. Um, you should at least do one for Cletus. I do love Cletus. I'm just saying. Okay, well, we'll see. You could tag That's, it on to another episode. I'm not, I'm not promising. I'm not promising that. We'll, well see what I can do. Especially right now, you can't. But No, right um, now I can. <laughs> don't give me one more thing to do. <laughs> um, she says, I share some similar interests in authors, genres, and storylines. As mentioned, I love Penny Reed, anything and everything. She's phenomenal. I also enjoy anything Julia Quinn, Lisa Kleypas, Tessa Dare, or Sarah McLean, as well as Pride and Prejudice, is one of my favorite stories slash movies. Although, she says, I like the Keira Knightley version the most. Uh. We'll agree to disagree on that, Kathy. I, I do like the Keira Knightley version one. I think it's just that the Colin Firth one just holds, like, a special place in our Just heart. because that was our first. Yeah. You um, never forget your first. However, when we do binge, we usually binge the whole thing. Colin Firth one, and then stay up even later and watch the Karen Knightley one. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sad. It's like part of the whole ensemble. The whole, you need the whole package. Um, but yeah, Kathy, we do have some similar tastes, because those are like all of our favorites as well. Um, so she says, based on all of this, I do have a few recommend- recommendations for you girls, in case you haven't read any of these. Um, she says The Hating Game, which I think... Uh, that might be coming up soon because I think mom does need to read that one. She says, great workplace, enemies to friends slash lovers, contemporary. I highly recommend it. I think it was my favorite book for 2017. I also really like that book a lot. Um, and I think mom would also like it because, you know, it's like they hate each other, but then they like each other. So that's, mom can get over with that. She says, a week to be wicked by Tessa Dare. Fun, funny road trip historical. I think We've one or both of you one. may have already read it. And I'm, and yes, we both have actually read that yes. one. Um, we love road mom trip. And I have, and mom and I have pretty much exhausted the Tessa Dare catalog. So, um, but that would be a fun one to go back. Like, that is a really good one. Um, and then she recommends Confessions of a Jane Austen Addict by Lori Vera Wrigler. I didn't know they wrote a book about me. Um <laughs> 
She says, such a fun Austin-esque story with time travel, switching places. The narrator for the audiobook made it exceptionally humorous for me. You can tell Kathy's a listener because she references a lot of things that we talk about a lot. Um, Rude Awakenings of a Jane Austen Addict by Laura, Lori Vieira Riggler. That's quite the name. The other side of the switch, I couldn't get it in audio format, so I read and I enjoyed it. Not quite as much as the first. It was funny and gave good closure to the overall story. So that sounds like a series. Um, yeah, we'll definitely have to check those out yeah, because we will. that sounds good. Um, Mom and I are that's Jane Austen addicts. When we went to London or England, that we only hit like Jane Austen sites. We went to all we went all the Pemberleys. <laughs> So Kathy continues, she says, in the paranormal genre, I really like Cressley Cole and Gina Showalter. Uh, They both have a couple of long-running series, so there's too many to name and some stories I like more than others, but with being a series purist, I will read the good and the bad. I just can't help myself. Um, We're on the same page. I have read, um, I really like Cressley Cole as well. Um, I, Cressley Cole is one that I will not be recommending to my mother. What? <laughs> Means I have to check it out. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I read the hookup. It's, uh, <laughs> it can't be worse than that. <laughs> uh, it could though. Um, it's, uh, I do really like that series. I haven't read any Gina Showalter, so, uh, maybe we'll have to check that one out. Um, she says... Anyways, keep up the great work with the podcast, and thanks for sharing your book club with the rest of us. Thank you, Kathy. We love getting notes. We do love getting mail. Um, so that is our mailbag. Thanks so much, ladies, um, for those messages, and um, our uh, TBR list just keeps growing and growing. So uh, we got we got to get to work. We're, we might have to like up this show to once a week. No, we can't do that. Just kidding. Don't. I didn't say that. So. I could do it. I don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I just read books. <laughs> um, all right. So keep those messages coming and we'll keep reading them, whether you like it or not. Um, so we'll see you next time. Bye. Hello and welcome back uh, to your regularly scheduled program. Um, so with hashtag Starstruck, we thought it would be appropriate to reminisce on um, some of our, our childhood celebrity crushes. Um, now, mom can attest, uh, I, I had a, a plethora yes. of them. Well, you, you went through them quickly. You had the little shrine behind your door in your bedroom. Oh, Mom! I was wondering <laughs> if you remembered that. Yes, I, was I remember like... your weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll talk about that when we get to, you know, who who was behind that shrine. Um, so, first question, Mom. Who was your first that you remember having? The first that I remember, and I've told you about this before. When I was little, and I was pretty young, maybe six... Or seven. Um, the Monkeys TV show. <laughs> I remember running up to the TV and kissing the TV screen when Davy Jones would come on. <laughs> I also had, somewhere in that time frame, a Bobby Sherman lunchbox. Okay, oh, I'm boy. totally dating myself. I remember he had a choker on. It was super cool. But, uh, <laughs> was it? <laughs> it was. <laughs> don't you don't you do that to me? <laughs> don't you get judgy with me, young lady? <laughs> and then you know we all had the Partridge Family crush, and so yeah. that was my day. That was back in my day. Yeah, you know, the Keith Parker. So the first, the like very first one that I can remember, like swooning over, and I was even younger than six. I I want to say I was like four or five, and maybe you can give me a better year on this. But uh, I can't remember if we talked about this, but I when I was especially when I was a kid, I grew up on Air Force bases. Um, so we would watch Top Gun when we were young. Um, and I loved Tom Cruise when I was, like, a little, little girl. I thought he was so handsome, especially in that movie. And it's kind of, like, we could get into, like, weird Oedipal complex type situation where 
I have a thing for guys in uniform. Um, but yeah, so he, he did it for me when I was a little kid, like real little, right? When we were <laughs> yeah, watching that movie. You guys were little. Have we told yeah. the story on here about you, you guys in the backseat of the car? Yeah, we have. We have. About the stunt tongues? Yeah. That I, I explained to my brother that the kissing in that movie, the take my breath away scene is all stunt tongues because who would really do that? Who Gross. would really do that kind of kissing? <laughs> the next one that I remember um, being intense was um, Benny the Jet Rodriguez from Sand- oh, The Sandlot. That's a good one. I thought he was so dreamy, and I don't think I am alone when it comes to, like, girls my age, because he was, like, He probably still is. I don't know what he looks like nowadays, but... I feel like I've seen a picture of him, and I feel like he's a fireman or something like that, which... Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Just up <Yeah>. the game. <laughs> I know. Ellen I has a, a thing for firemen. Thing for firemen. <laughs> um... Uh, do you have any more, Mom, before I get to, you know, the the big two? <laughs> I do remember your big two. <laughs> makes it sound bad. Um, yeah. I, and, you know, I was trying to think more of my teenage years who... Like preteen. Let's not get too... Yeah. Let's not get carried away, huh? Um, yeah. I can't remember any... I mean, you know, we're going back a ways. I remember, and I don't remember what ages I was, though, for some of these. Like, I did, I really liked Sean Cassidy. I liked um, the old Hardy Boys TV series, the guys that were in that. And that was Sean Cassidy and um, Parker Stevenson, I think was his name. So I kind of had a thing for those guys at one time. Um, But I can't. I had a thing for just the Hardy Boys, like the characters. And when I was reading Nancy Drew, they didn't even, I didn't even have a face. I was just like, yeah. (laughs) Hardy boys. Well, ours had a face, and they both had feathered hair, and it was awesome. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. But uh, I can't think of who else I would have had back in that day. I'll have to... You, you tell me so some mom, of your... Mom, who were, who were the big two for me? Um, well, you loved you some Freddie Prince Jr. Yes. His She's All That era. <laughs> oh, yes. And your other one was Leo... In his Titanic era. (laughs) Mom, I'm so proud. You knew me so well. I did, Ellen. Um, And you had a a Prince uh, William phase there, too. Oh, I did. Yeah, I really did have a Prince William phase, for (laughs) sure. When, this sounds, like, really weird and morbid, but when Princess Diana died, my friend that lived across the street, her and I got really obsessed with Princess Diana, and, like, we did, like, this whole biography report on Princess Diana, and, you know, in the process of cutting out all those pictures of her, you know, we started cutting heart-shaped ones around Prince William. Um, yeah, I did, I did really like him. <laughs> um, and... Oh, yeah, see, I even remember better than you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, so, Freddie Prince Jr. and Leonardo DiCaprio, they were both kind of, I mean, like, Leonardo DiCaprio was definitely around Titanic, you know, so I wasn't, it's not like I was original in these celebrity crushes. Right. You know, but what 12, 13 year old is, right? And it's not like you had a crush on his Revenant character or anything like that. It was definitely no, his younger. it was, yeah. Yes. His, his Romeo and Juliet and Titanic era that. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Romeo and Juliet too. Um, and with both him and Freddie Prinze Jr., um, I went to the book fair, like the Scholastic book fair that we had at school, and they had paperback biographies of both of them. And I owned the crap out of those. I know uh, you did. I remember you sitting in the back of the car reading them one time, and <laughs> and we would ask you questions, and you would answer, what's his birthday? <laughs> Where was he born? <laughs> you knew all this stupid information about, I can't even remember if it was Leo or Freddie that we were talking about, but... Um, yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. was definitely, I, w- I, um, speaking of, uh, owning the crap out of, uh, books, I owned the crap out of She's All That. I was obsessed with that movie. And I watched it not too long ago, and I still can, like, quote the entire movie. Um, but I remember, like, you guys would watch other movies out in the front room, and I would just sit back in your room and watch over and over again She's All That. Like, I just remember sitting back there and watching that movie. 
Um, yeah. So the other thing I will say about just to um, demonstrate the kind of love I have for my celebrity crushes, especially when I was a teenager. So by the time I'm a teenager, my celebrity crushes are are too plentiful uh, to enumerate. I was really into Jimmy Fallon. I started, you know, I started to develop my my tastes by the time I'm a teenager. You like I started funny to, guys. I started to go for the funny guys for sure. Um, I loved. Jim from The Office. That was like a little mm. later later in high school. Um, but uh, John Krasinski. Something that I did, um, I'm sure mom will remember this, uh, was I made collages on like Microsoft Publisher and printed them onto iron-on transfers. And then put those iron-on transfers onto pillowcases. So basically, I have this pillowcase that's covered with um, cute celebrities. Um, Here's the thing, though. (laughs) If you're thinking that that's a great idea, it was. Thank you. Um, But uh, those iron-on transfers do not stay on very well. Maybe they're made better nowadays, but back when they very first came out, they were not very good. They don't hold up very well to sleeping on. So I would wake up with, like, flecks of uh, Jimmy Fallon on my face. And... (laughs) It's not as cool as it sounds. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, it didn't work out very well, but it was a fun idea. I think those are still in my closet at your house somewhere. Yeah. So... We should bust those out just for old time's sake, just to see who I was. Let's build jonesing. a fort next time you're home. <laughs> and get out the pillowcases. Yeah, I think that sounds like a good time. Um, any other any other crushes that you feel? Well, I'm trying to think. I had a thing for, I, I remember I had a picture on my wall or on my bulletin board or something of um, Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman from All the President's Men. Mm. I can definitely. I just watched uh, Winter Soldier last night, and I was thinking about how hot young Robert Redford is. Yeah, young Robert Redford is like yeah. you get a Jeremiah the natural, Johnson a, natural. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was good looking. Um, yeah. But even when he was younger, you know. So I'm, I'm even talking back when he was younger, and then Dustin Hoffman with the feathered hair, and um, it was they were good. I'm trying to think who else. You know, what other... So you had, like, a pretty hard rock phase in high school. Were you ever into those guys, or did you just like the music? I'm trying to think. I know some of my friends in high school would, like, go on and on about how cute Mick Jagger was and stuff, and I I could never see it. Mm -hmm. He didn't ever do anything for me. However, I did when everybody else was discoing. I was not... I mean, yeah, I would hear it. I know it because it was around, but... I was definitely a hard rock girl. Mm-hmm. But none of them were like. I can't think of fire. any one that I thought was uh, good looking. Yeah. But I there was music I loved. Love me some Leonard Skinner. Love me some Van Halen. Mom was so Just saying. Cool. Mom had way cooler taste in music than our dad. Way or cooler. <laughs> Way cooler. Not that it's harder. Not that it's hard to be cooler than He was an Olivia Newton-John guy, and I'm like, oh my gosh, honey. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let me snap you out of this. I think his uh, his affinity, though, for Olivia Newton-John had other things. There was other facets to that. It was not just her singing. (laughs) I think that was He liked him some grease. (laughs) (laughs) He liked Sandy and grease. Um... (laughs) Yeah, see, I never really liked John Travolta. He never did much for me. Um, no, although he was one. like a heartthrob at, in, when I was in high school. Because I even loved that movie when I was, like, I loved that movie when I was a kid. And he never. Now, that's one that I think, how did I let my daughter watch this movie? Because now, yeah. maybe I didn't get a lot of the stuff that was being said in that movie. In your defense, Mom, we had a taped version of that you had taped, like, off of off TNT. Of TV. And they cut the Grease Lightning song up a lot. Yes. And cut a lot. Because one time I was listening to Grease Lightning as I was getting older, and I was like, 
these aren't the words. And and <laughs> I'm like, put dirty lyrics in this song. Who <laughs> would do Where that? Did this come from? <laughs> so um, I will I will back you up on that one. That uh, you, that it was at least the version that I was seeing was tamer than the actual version. Yeah, because the rest of it isn't bad, but man, the lyrics to that song are really bad. Anyway. Yeah. But here we are reading dirty books, and so. Yeah, so, you know, tomato, tomato. (laughs) It's a moot point now. (laughs) It all all worked out in the end, but I... (laughs) did, didn't it? (laughs) Oh, um, right. So anyway, I did like me some feathered hair boys when I was growing Mm. up, but that was the thing. Everybody had yeah. feathered hair. I liked me some puka shell necklaces. It was just, you know, tis the time. Hey, puka shell necklaces were also popular when I was a kid. Oh. So what goes around comes around. Yeah. Frosted tips and puka shell necklaces. Um, all right. But we so, do have celebrity crushes now. Oh, boy, do we ever. Yeah. That's like a whole different... That's like we could spend an entire episode on that. And Ellen and I have gone... We spent about... Six years where we, when Ellen lived in LA where we went to Comic-Con every year mm-hmm. and we would pretty much um, pick what we were going to go see based on who we wanted to see. <laughs> who do I want to see? we saw, saw some Marvel cast. Yeah. We did. Yeah, we did. We saw mm-hmm. some uh, Days of Future Past. That, that was the amazing Gosh. panel. The, there's something about Michael Fassbender that like when you see him, even if you don't think that he does a lot for you in the movies, when you see him in person, I could not take my eyes off him. Well, and Tom Hiddleston is a lot that way, too. Oh, yeah, he was a good one, too. But, oh, anyway, yeah. So we got to we, you know, live some of our <sighs> crushes in real life. So yes, we lived we did. that. Um, so that's just a little crush 101 for mom and i um so thanks so much for joining us again if you would like to join us for while the duke was sleeping by sophie jordan in two weeks on april 30th you can subscribe on itunes or google play or you can find us on twitter at not your moms rom or on facebook or goodreads or email us at not your moms romance book club at gmail.com all right yeah email us thanks, we love mom. those emails Yeah, it's fun. All right, thanks, Mom. Thanks, Ellen. See you later. Bye.